The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the... Hi everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Mac 19 and back on the podcast as co-host this week, we've got Fishing Rick. I'm back, baby. He's back. Welcome I'm back. back. And I'm loaded. I've <laughs> got the big boy. That's it. I'm excited. New microphone, new headphones. Oh, it's great. Sounding good. Saved it, saved it for the end of the, uh, the season. <laughs> That's it. A taste of things to come next year. Yeah, I know you're excited. I know. And joining us again on the podcast, he's back from last week. We're talking with Mission Possible. Hello, Maka. How you going? Hi, Rick. I'm Mish. Guess what? Everyone can switch off now. There's two accountants on this podcast. <laughs> Love it. I try, I've tried to branch out of being labelled as an accountant, though, these days. <laughs> oh, what are you, the complete financial package? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the entrepreneur. Sounds better. <laughs> Sounds more intellectual and less boring. Yeah. Well, draft week 2014 has come and gone. Plenty of new blood in the system uh, and quite a few surprising second chances as well. And I thought we'd have a bit of a chat about the first round to begin with. Um, after talking last week about um, how St Kilda were going to choose Christian Petraka with pick number one, they went and did a, a 180 uh, the day after we released the podcast and they did end up choosing the key position forward, Patrick McCartan. Um. It's been interesting reading about that since the draft about how much work McCartan's put in in, a, in the off season. Were you expecting I'm, him to go top, Mish? No, I was expecting Petrarca to go first. Again, I hadn't seen enough of McCartan. I just thought, yeah, Petrarca was just such a safe thing. Like Petrarca's stats read up like um, Delidio's did when he was playing 18, so... Mm. But they, um, St Kilda need a key forward, don't they? And um, Yeah, St Kilda need well, everything, though. Well, that's yeah, true. That's true. They did have the big uh, midfield draft last year where they got Billings and Akers and Dunstan. So I think going with McCartan this time is the right move simply because of the fact that they've got Nick Rewalt, who's turning 33 this year, um, and they've just traded their second-highest goal kicker from this year in Reese Stanley. Um, and then you go all the way down to Tom Lee and uh, and Spencer White, who've played not very much footy. You know, that they need someone that they can rely on, I think. And in the end, they've gone with... Uh, they picked up Hugh Goddard as well. And um, so they've got two potential bookends for the next decade. Goddard for Stanley is just criminal. That is so cheap. <laughs> there we've got Melbourne. Um, they've added quite a lot of class to their list. So obviously, they had picked number two and three. They chose Petraka and also Angus Brayshaw. Pretty obvious picks there, but... When you add in the fact that they've got uh, Benny Newton, Sam Frost, Lamumba and Garlett, they've had a pretty good off-season and you would expect them to improve next year. Yeah, yeah, certainly will. Um, those two are talents. Petrarca will stand up round one. Uh, Brayshaw, I don't think, will be too far behind. Although I think yeah. Brayshaw is more a pure mid. Petrarca will come into the forward line straight away. How's the weight on those two boys? It's almost Dolly Wines in uh, weight... Petraka, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, how big is uh, Ollie's? Uh, well, what's he, 94 kilo or something, Wally? Yeah. 
But was he yeah. is he six two? Is he hundred and eighty eight? I think he's only ninety six, yeah. but yeah. 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 Not quite as tall as Petrarca, I wouldn't think. But Right. Yeah. Ollie's thighs are a bit bigger. <laughs> well Melbourne's the same as St Kilda, they need a bit of everything as well, really, don't they? GWS next. They chose Jared Picker with pick four. That was an obvious choice. And they also got Caleb Marchbank and Paula Hearn with uh, pick six and seven. Um, they've added three very, very classy players there. And if they turn out all right, they've uh, they've had a massive draft. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pickett, Pickett's an out-and-out star if he adjusts to AFL football, which I think he should. Um, he reminds me a lot of um, a young Peter Burgoyne. So I think... I think is it going to be exciting to develop? Um, Marchbank's a good, solid defender. So they went their tall defender like everybody thought. Ahern's the one that's going to be interesting. He's just gone missing in a lot of games this year. But when he's on, he's on. Uh, pick number five, Collingwood. They they went with uh, Dugowie, which was the pre-draft chatter for a few weeks beforehand. I still think that's a bit of a reach. I, I just don't see what they see in him. I've watched another Dugowie game this week and it's, I've sat there and gone, I don't get it. I'm not saying he's not AFL quality, but he's just a flanker. Um, yeah, um, I find it very hard that you can teach somebody like that to get big numbers through the midfield. Maybe he was tanking. Oh, I don't think kids tank these days. <laughs> You never know. It could end up being a, a an inspired Josh Carr type pick. You never know. Yep. Yep. Of again, at the same time, everybody thought um, Dale Thomas. They thought he was a reach at that time for number two. So if to go, he turns out that could they'll be happy. Peter Wright to Gold Coast. That seems like a good fit for them. Well, again, everybody says they need tall forwards, um, so they've. Tried to pluck one. Um, I've still got my doubts about how good Wright will be, but I'm sure if you stand him in next to um, Dixon and Coe, he'll, he'll hold up quite well. Yeah. They also got Jared Garlett and Took Miller as well, so I think they've had a pretty good draft there. Jared Garlett's a bargain where they picked him up. Uh, yeah, that. Put add him to their midfield forward rotations, and it's, they're looking dangerous still, even though they faded at the end of last year. That's it. I guess the first surprise was probably Nakia Cockatoo going to Geelong at pick ten. Not overly surprised. That's about where he should have gone. Somebody should be excited about him. Geelong need leg speed X factor, something chronic. Yep. They're in the start of their rebuild, so. To be able to get somebody like Cockatoo in, I think that's a good start. That's right. Uh, Adelaide, they picked uh, Jake Lever with pick 14. That seems like a good fit for them. Oh, absolute bargain if his knee holds up. Mm. Absolute bargain. Right. Hey, you ignore the injury history and he's in that top three. So basically he's in the mix for the top four and, yep. So they've got a bargain if his if his body holds up. I'll be hoping he's more Joel Selwood than Bo Mustard in that regard. Yes, yeah. Well, he did go to the Crows, you remember, Maka. <laughs> for his sake, I hope it holds up, but <laughs> can't say the same for the Crows. Yeah. Well, looking at um, nightmares, um, 
phantom draft. He had a broad range on him, didn't he, from three to 25? Well, there was a lot of talk that he was going to go at pick three to Melbourne uh, for a long time there, but uh, they didn't pull the trigger on that one. Again, it's very hard to pull the trigger at three on a kid who hasn't played all year. Yeah. Right. As much as you sit there and know they're better, as much as the Crows sit there and say, oh, he's got no more chance of doing a knee than anyone else does, I think stats will say, you've had a knee injury, you have more chance of doing it again. Essendon have seemed to have done very well there. Kyle Langford with pick 17. And also pick 20, they picked Jaden Levert, who was picked to go a lot higher than that. He was probably the big slider um, of the first round. I don't know why Levert's gone that low. I would like to have some inside sources as to whether there was a reason or whether he was just one of these people that everybody was thought of picking him but went the other way and it just keeps sliding down the list. Yeah. The Brody Grundy of uh, 2014. Yeah, not quite that far. Uh, but I, yeah, say I, suppose, in the, uh... I suppose it's pretty similar, isn't it? Grundy. Yeah. yeah. I did say in the preview that, uh, who, well, I did ask the question who was going to shoot up the ladder that no one had really been talking about as being a first rounder. And uh, good old Carlton, they delivered uh, by picking mature age uh, waffle player Blaine Bokhorst with uh, pick 19. I must say, I haven't even seen him play. <laughs> so I really can't even comment on it. But in a draft where state players were ignored, it's amazing that they took him at 19. Yeah. Um, particularly when they sit there and go, well, they got Goddard, McKenzie and Laverde went the three picks after him. It's like yeah. There were still class young kids on the board. I think I'll be hoping he can slot in straight away. He's got a lot of pace. He, he seems to use the ball pretty well. His highlight package is, is pretty good, but whether you pick that sort of play with pick 19, I'm not too sure. With pick 28, they picked Dylan Biojo Rainbow, so... They're almost names that you'd expect to see at the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it is That's... a Carlton crew. Well, you never know. They do need a lot of class through that midfielder, and hopefully for their sake that he can provide that. I guess the other big surprise um, was pick 23, GWS, going with Patrick McKenna, who not many people had really heard about. He'd been playing cricket. Uh, I think he captained the Australian under-19 side um, very, very recently. He hadn't really played any um, state underage football at all. Um, that seems like a bit of a reach. Uh, I think probably a little bit of a reach, but I think it's about fine, uh, mm. considering it's GWS doing it. GWS have enough young talent on their list to be able to afford to take a reach. Yeah. Um, if pick 23's your first pick or your second pick in the draft, you and you've got an ageing list, you're not going to reach for a McKenna. But GWS got enough kids. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work type thing. And I've got to say, you did pick it, Damien Kavka. He, uh, he slid all the way down to pick 66 for West Coast. Yes, yes, another. What well, was nice to be right on something on the night. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that I, that I thought was good, uh, a bit of a good news story was Caleb Daniel getting picked up by the Bulldogs at uh, pick 46 in the third round um, obviously I think a lot of football followers really wanted him to get picked up, we all know that um, he's only 167 centimetres tall, um, so I think that's a great great pick by the Dogs and you know he's got a lot of talent and hopefully he can make it Yeah, I agree 
I want it. It takes a lot of guts to pick somebody that small against the trend of we need bigger bodies and all that sort of stuff. Um, yep. uh, the Bulldogs have been doing that the last couple of years, backing themselves in. So I hope it pays off for them. Yeah. I think the Spoles, though, now in modern football are, are even more handy because you see with Jake Need and Hayden Ballantyne, uh, it's quite easy for them to legitimately attract the the head highs, especially with the tall the taller players because of, they are so short and they don't need to drop their knees and, and sort of duck into a tackle to attract that high uh, free kick as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the other thing. Everybody says height's great. It's bloody hard to play football when you're tall because the ball spends more time on the ground than it does in the air. Yeah, very true. The other player that we spoke uh, about a little bit at length um, in the preview was Reese McKenzie, who slid all the way down to pick 77, one of the last picks in the draft, uh, picked up by Richmond. Um, they seem to have a habit of picking these um, these tall key forwards that, um, that slide a bit. Yeah, hasn't worked for him so far. So no. it probably doesn't say a lot for Reese, but yeah, there's another one which I'd love to have watched more of to see why. There wasn't raps on the kid. I guess there's a couple that uh, that missed out on the national draft. Um, I guess the main one to talk about would be Peter Bantham. He also missed out completely in the rookie draft as well. He's a midfielder, inside midfielder from Norwood. Um, he, he played some really good footy early in the year, but missed the state championships, missed the rest of the year, and, and has missed out completely. Yep. I think he suffers from, obviously, he's in the we think you're a slow basket and carrying a bit of weight and all that sort of stuff. But I think the other thing that really counts against him is he's looked at as a pure midfielder. I think people see him as a forward or a backman. So if you pick him, like let's say he's coming to port, he's got to push straight into that midfield group. And you yeah. saw how hard that was for Ben Newton to press into when he was mm. really just a pure midfielder. Um, so I think when you're drafting players you got to work out how they're going to get an opportunity too. Right. It's, it's easier to pick up guys who are going to be able to play flanks and pockets and work their way into the midfielder rather than somebody who's got to force their way straight in. That's right. One of the other popular players, Josh Glenn, he missed out on the national draft, but it's great to see him get picked in the first round of the rookie draft by Cold Coast. Yeah, you would assume there were some queries about his character and whether he'd stay out the journey. Um to not go on the draft, but they've picked him up straight away in the rookie draft, which pretty much means he gets he's on a one-year contract instead of a two-year. So that's not such a big deal if he doesn't adjust to AFL football, or the off-field stuff. I've got no doubts he's going to adjust to the on-field stuff. We got the power to win, power to roll. Well, look, let's talk about Port Adelaide's picks. That's what we're here for. We'll talk about our strategy first. It was almost land of the Giants um, last Thursday night. We went tall with three of our four picks. So we've got our ruck and a key position defender depth uh, sorted out, and we also added another key position forward to the list as well. Um, did we like the strategy that we went with? You can't fold it. It's, you look at our forward line and you go, well, we've got to start getting forward somewhere. Hopefully Mason Shaw will stand up. I'm 
these are just extras on top, but you can't just sit back and go, well, we're not going to try and get forwards. We'll just pick midfielders and so be it. No, I liked it. I thought it was a good strategy. As I mentioned on the on the forum, I thought we're our, most of our midfielders are entering their prime or in their prime, and and then we've got a good uh, element of uh, developing midfielders below them as well. So, you know, our midfielders are really stocked up unless we have some sort of catastrophe with injuries or or form. So. For me, it seems sort of like a roll of the dice sort of thing that, that's worth uh, taking at this time of our list development. Yeah. Would have been interesting, I know you said, Mitch, in the preview that um, you reckon if one of the midfielders uh, slid all the way down to our pick, that we'd probably choose them first. And Dean Gore almost made it. He went at pick 55. The pick before our first pick, would have been interesting to see if he was available, whether we would have picked him or not. It would be interesting to know. Um you were like me when you saw his name drawn out. You just went, ah, not good. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my wife thought I injured myself because I let out a very loud uh, obscenity uh, when he got picked. <laughs> but never mind. These things happen. And we'll talk about the players that we did end up picking. Um, so the first pick we had was pick 56 in the third round. And we picked um, a young lad called Dougal Howard, who's 198.8 centimetres, 91 kilos, He's a tall key forward with strong contested marking and pretty elite speed for his height as well. Yep. I, I love this draft because we've uh, drafted the next Mark Howard, the next Scott Bassett, the next Glenn Dawson, the next Kane Ackland. Absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> no. Poor old Kane. <laughs> um, but no, um, again, not having seen enough of it, I love that they've gone with the mobile tall forward. He's got real pace, and he's good at ground level, and he seems to be quite good with the ball. Just looking stats-wise, I wonder if he knows how to play key forward yet. So I guess the question is, um, Mission Macca, why would um, a player with his potential or ability slide? Lack of production. He hasn't had the bags of goals that you would hope for a guy his size. He hasn't kicked so who, the goals for the year. Like, he hasn't had was, games where he's kicked six or seven. Who was he competing against? So was he was he sort of playing as a, a third forward in the side or was he the key go-to forward? He's, from what I can gather, he's going between centre-half forward, full forward and centre-half back. So he would have had chances to grab full forward or centre-half forward and go, this is my spot, I can star in this spot. So he hasn't grabbed that opportunity yet. Um, yeah. Doesn't mean he can't. It just probably means he needs to be taught where to run and how to run. But if he can't learn that, then he's probably just going to sit around the SNFL and be a good depth player. Mm. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Sam Reed from Sydney in, in his sort of body shape, his kicking style, his marking ability. Um as we said, he's got elite speed for his height, 2.94 seconds in the 20-metre sprint at draft combine was excellent. He did a 12.5 beat test as well, so he's got pretty good endurance. Yeah, and yeah, it's you can see him running around. It's, it looks easy for him at that level when he's got, got the ball around him. He's just not getting to where the ball is often enough. Now, having said that, Murray's bush range probably isn't the easiest team to be doing that for either. 
That's right. He did. Um, he was part of the GWS Academy. He played a, a couple of games for um, GWS in the NEPL, um, which was interesting. Yeah, I think they because they already picked up a few academy players in the uh, prior to the draft. I think that they probably wanted to have a go at the rest of the stocks, and I think they were. They would have thought they would have got those two through to the rookie draft. Yeah. And they would have picked them up today in the rookie draft as zone selections or academy selections. Yeah, see, I think you've hit the nail right on the head, Mish, where I think with him, he seems to have all the tools in place. It's just a matter of him finding the ball and, and demanding the ball more. Which, yeah, hopefully that comes. Well, I guess with modern football, he's probably got the most uh, or the best chance to sort of learn that. It's you would know, Mish. It's probably a hard skill to teach somebody, but with more emphasis on structure and positioning and uh, routines, I guess it's if he can learn the structures, he might be half a chance. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's still a lot of instinct in football, but as you said, if with the amount of game drills they do. You can players can learn where their starting point should be. If you get your starting points right, you've got a fair chance. Mm. He's got some decent height, one hundred ninety-eight point eight centimeters. I mean, that's uh, that's some pretty decent height there, and you'd think he's he'd be capable of sort of uh, chopping out in the ruck as well. Well, that's ruck and height. Like, it's taller than Ryder, and I don't see anybody complaining that Ryder's too short. Spot on. Well, look, let's talk about our second pick. Um, round four, pick 69. Um, we chose Logan Austin, um, who's 197 centimetres, 86 kilos. Another player that was part of the GWS Academy this year. He's a tall key defender um, with really good pace as well. And some pretty good marking ability. Um, as a player comparison, I, I kind of equate him to a, a bit of a Brian Lake in the way he goes about it. That's interesting. Dibs, if he's half that good, thank you very much. Absolutely. And Brian Lake, of course, went pretty late in his draft year as well. But um, certainly not saying that he'll be as good as that. But I, I like the way in his videos that I've seen how he reads the play really well um, of the ball coming in defence. He's got that ability to judge the ball coming in and take those marks, which is very important. What I liked is he can actually spoil. As much as that sounds like a simple skill... Yeah. A lot of players have no idea how to spoil. And he, he looks as though he's got no problems putting his body back where it's going to get hurt and spoiling the contest. So if he's going to be a lockdown defender or whatever, because when we need somebody when Carlisle disappears or somebody to move past Carlisle. So, yeah, I, I think it's great because we've got... Bloody, the other two sitting there ready to go. So just one more tool to take over there in two years, that'd be good. Yeah. And again, he's got some serious height, 197 centimetres. We were all screaming out for another uh, key defender with uh, with a bit of height to help out Trengo. Um, it looks like we've got our man there. Um, I love his confidence and I do love his kicking ability. It looks like he's got a really nice kick on him. Yes. Skills-wise, it's... It's there. Again, it's just whether he can adjust to them. And I think, wonder whether they've gone for the real tall defender with you seeing people like Luddy Wright and um, Danaher and all that starting to line up at full forwards and you're starting to have 198 centimetre full forwards. 
and not wanting to have 191 key defenders on them. I think you guys are also glossing over one of the important facts that um, he's got a friggin' awesome name. He does have an awesome name. Doesn't I have to say, I mean, we picked some bloody interesting names this uh, this year. And that's all that really matters to me. You know, he yeah, that's something. I like the three sixteen. I reckon, uh, I reckon that might be my little pet name for him from here on in. But I, I agree. I do like the fact that we've gone tall, uh, especially with a defender. I think uh, a bit of variety there. So one hundred ninety four centimeter rumor that's been attached to him isn't correct. I think that was the start of the year weight. Uh, sorry, height with, with these players. He's a, he's a big boy. He needs to get running around if that's the case. Yeah, so 197.0 centimetres is what he tested at draft combine. Yeah. 198.8 centimetres is what Google Howard tested at draft combine. So right. they're, they're official heights, I guess you'd say. Yes. And Westy, Westhoff's 199, isn't he? Yep. He is, yeah. Yeah, so I like it. I think it's great. Mm. Well, they're both athletically got a chance as well as their height, so that gives them a fair chance. Um, from what I've seen, both of them are pretty clean with the ball when they get it. They're just not match winners yet. Our, our third pick in the national draft was in the uh, in the fifth round, pick number 78. We chose a kid called Jesse Palmer, who's 190.5 centimetres, 85 kilos. He's a medium forward with good strength. And a very good mark as well. A player comparison... Um, I think it screams Gus Monfries in the videos that we've seen so far. I almost equate this to, to kind of like a Robbie Gray type pick where I think we might see some midfield potential in him. Um, we, we see some of those sort of raw tools there. It's just a matter, again, of putting them all together on the park. Yeah, I've, I've met, I didn't watch him before the draft, so it's been good watching him, thanks to Rebel TV. Um, I've watched three of his games now this week. Jibs, I should get a social life, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, he's got a lot of ticks to his name. Like his skill level is quite good. His pace is very good. He gets a split on his opponent so easy. Um, even up the field, when he gets the ball in his hand, he just looks so calm and all that. Um his defensive work is poor. Um, however, I worked for a coach that said, I don't care what their defence is like, I can coach that. As you said, it's a bit like Robbie Gray. You can see he's got everything. He's just not playing in the midfield at the moment. Yeah. Now, whether you can get that engine and get that work rate through his head, I think that's going to be a big chance. But he's the one that excites me as a possible AFL footballer in that group. Yeah. Well, could it be poor engine is the fact that maybe his defensive ability is lacking a little bit because he just can't keep going? I think I think sometimes that's an easy excuse. I think there's times where he's took, in the videos where he takes the three steps and he realises the guy's got a yard, just doesn't bother, rather than trying to go with him mm. when you've got the pace to run him down. Um, and again, they're obviously going to get coached into him. I mean, his big test wasn't too bad. He got a 13.3, which yep. is around about average. Yep. I think it's once you start going into 12s, you've really got to question whether you can get their fitness levels up. I don't know. I saw this one as probably the most interesting pick of ours because it, on face value, it's probably a, a position that we've got pretty well handled at the moment. Um, so that's why I think 
we've got something else planned for Jesse Palmer, whether it is a, a midfield spot or maybe a half-back spot, something like that. Yeah, but you also look in the future, like Wingard's not going to stay up forward. Five five years down the track, Gus is gone. Um, mm. Gray's nearing retirement, all that sort of stuff five years down the track, which is when you want this guy starting to play good footy. You're going to be on our list in five years' time if he can't break the side by, by then? Oh, well, that's obviously going to be a 50-50 call, isn't it? Uh, as to how mm. far he's off of... If he's if he can't break the side by then, well, no, he won't be on our list. But it doesn't mean he has to break the side next year or the year after. No. Like when, when we're pretty much going, he needs to be able to step up when Mumfries is hitting thirty and starting to slow down. I think it's an interesting comment you made there because we've got one more player to go. But I think with all the um, well, all those four draftees, I guess, we've got the luxury and probably we should have the expectation that unless something incredible happens that we, we probably won't be seeing any of those players playing AFL football in the first uh, couple of years. Our final pick in the national draft, he was the second last player picked overall as well. It was round six, pick 84, Billy Franton, another hell wicked bad name there. Uh, 200.3 centimetres, 90 kilos. He's a pretty aggressive ruckman. Pretty good around the ground, got some good uh, footy nows about him. I think he needs some work on his tap work, um, but he seems to have some good footy smarts. I like him. I, I like the raw, rawness of skill. And again, he's another one where they've gone tall and quick again. Mm. Right. For his height, he's quick. He's going to get over the ground okay. Um, I'm not sure how good his endurance is, but he finds the ball around the ground. Okay, he's not getting 20 possessions a game or stuff like that, but he at least gets himself involved around the ground just in normal field play, which I think is going to become more important for Ruckman. The less and less stoppages we have, they're going to have to get involved and he can kick the ball. I mean, it was interesting, um, Ant Bear commented today too, Macker, about um, the fact that Cracker went on the supplementary list and we went for a player like... Uh, Frampton is a, uh, on our main list and there seems to be a shift with how players are being selected but for me it makes sense to, to pick him on the main list because I mean how long can you keep a player on the rookie list a couple of years before they have to be released um, whereas we can hold this guy for, for five years he's what 18 and, and really give him an opportunity on the list to develop, and I and I think uh, John Giles was a perfect example of where um, you know the big boys do take a bit of time to develop. Yeah, I think the other thing to note is the the person that we're going to talk about next. No one else was going to pick him up. It was either Port or no one. Um, whereas you know there was fifteen other clubs that had to pick before Port's next pick in the in the rookie draft. So it was every chance Billy Frampton might have gone before that next pick. So if he was someone that we were after. Um, you know, mm. you just you just got to pick them when they're available. Yep, yep, I agree. I would say someone like Billy would have been snapped up early in the rookie draft. Somebody would have been looking for Ruckman. Yeah. Well, Adelaide did pick a Ruckman um, with their first pick in the, in the rookie draft, so there was every chance he would have gone there. Yep. Lucky for him. Mm. I like this pick. He reminds me a lot of Dean Brogan. He's got a bit of um, campaigner about him, I reckon, this guy. He's, uh, I like him. I think if he can get his tab work right, um, he's going to have every chance to play AFL footy down the track. 
Yeah. Um, again, my main thing with him is get get more involved once the ball hits the ground after your ruck work. So, and that'll get coached into him. You've seen how much Loby's improved with that area of his game since he's come to the club. Uh, if you get that sort of improvement through someone like Frampton, that you're laughing. And again, there's another one. He doesn't need to play a game for another three years. Just needs to learn how to play. So overall, how would we rate our national draft? Love it because of what we did and the way we went about it. Uh, the fact that it's pick 57 onwards, it's just like really... It's hard to say, oh, I would rather this player when you haven't seen enough of them. I'm with you, Mish. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, any draft pick, Mackie, you probably know the stats off the top of your head, but once you go past 50, uh, hitting a 100-game player is pretty slim. So, yeah, I mean, in relation to the talent that you're drafting, it's a real unknown, but in relation for structure, where our list is at, um, I mean, for us, I think it was a per- we we draft perfectly for what we needed, and um, you know now time will be the the test of of what happens for us. That's right. I, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think um, you need a bit of realism. We did have late picks. It's very 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 rare to get all Australian players and superstars with the the, the amount of picks that we had and how late they were. Um, but look, I'm really happy that we chose to go tall. We got the depth players that we needed in the positions that we needed them in. So I'm pretty happy with that. I think if I was going to pick one that I think is going to have a big AFL career, I would go with Logan Austin at this point. Logan Austin. And that Good is a call. seriously awesome name. <laughs> How manly is that name? Logan Austin. <laughs> Billy Frampton. Dougal Howard sounds like something off of um, After Christmas or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Going up to Dougal at nightclub and the girl goes, what's your name? And it's like, a Dougal. And it's like, really? The hell? The hell's a Dougal? <laughs> Keep it in your pants, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's talk about the rookie draft. Um, again, it was pretty interesting. Quite a few um, second chances available. West Coast pick. Uh, former Carlton player Kane Lucas. Essendon, I have no idea what they were thinking picking Sean McKernan. That's uh, the biggest mistake they'll ever make in their history. Um, look, let's go straight to Port Adelaide. It was pick 16. We picked someone that we know all about, Nathan Cracker. The crack is back. Yep. New fashion statement, Macca. New fashion statement. I'm exposing my crack tomorrow after those Get your crack days. out. I'm getting my crack out. Again, I like that we've picked a port player as a rookie. But um, the more and more I think about it is he started a long way back pre-season last year. Like when he got here, he wasn't fit. He's had a season in Sample, played solid footy, comes out, has a full season, pre-season under the master. Um, like he is one of the few players running around in state leagues that could actually play AFL midfield. Mm. Not inside mid, but you get him fit. He can play on that outside. And he could be good cover for um, White if White or Pollock get injured going into that role. 
I'm a big fan. I know Mac is a bit skeptical, but uh, and as I commented today, I was actually very critical of how he left us. But everyone makes mistakes, and um, I'm with you, Mish. I think his potential upside is worth a, a rookie list spot, and obviously he's learnt from his mistakes, and uh, and obviously life uh, sort of distracted him early on in his career. And I'm with you. I, I can see. Yeah, potential pole replacement there, and he he's got great skills. And as long as his work ethic is up there, I reckon he could be very handy for us. Well, he must have done a lot of things right in the last twelve months for him even to consider him. Well, you'd think so. I mean, Ken Hinckley is all about character, isn't he? So, yep. I mean, to think when you think about it, if he's all about character, he's He's not going to pick someone who's flighty and has, has left two clubs down uh, without just cause for uh, for having some faith in that player has really turned it around. And obviously he probably would have been exposed to, to Nathan a little bit at, at Gold Coast as well. Yeah. So uh, he he must believe that Nathan is is prepared to do the hard yards. We've got on him for getting a second crack at it. Um, I think it's definitely a bit of a feel-good story and, no doubt, I think he'll take uh, this chance with both hands. I, I guess I am a little sceptical just because we picked Tom Logan as well, but I think many on our forum have probably overrated the year that he had. Um, you know, he was above average and, and sometimes good. He played some decent football, had a really good grand final playing in the forward line. Um, but I think people saying that he's going to come in and be that sort of 23rd to 27th player on our list are, are kind of overrating where he's going to fit in, I think. Um. I'm hoping they're not, but I know where you're coming from too. And he's certainly not starting at that point. Mm. He's starting at player number 35 or something like that on the list. Yeah. He's got to work his way up. All right, second player that we picked up in the rookie draft, someone we know, again, very, very well, it was pick number 34, Tom Logan. And we redrafted Tom as we said we would. Um, pretty sure he signed a two-year contract at the end of last year. Um, so I, I guess we're just honouring that. And he provides really good backup um, for that defensive group. Yeah, I, I it gives you that solid depth if you get hit by injuries. Um, now, they obviously love him around the club too, but delisting him and putting him on the rookie list allows you to get Frampton onto the main list. Or if you'd left Logan on the main list, you're waiting to the rookie draft to put Frampton on. So you could miss somebody like Frampton because you wanted to keep Logan at the club. Mm. And he so that's how clubs are getting a lot smarter with using the rookie draft that way. As long as you, Geelong doesn't come along and take the player, you're going to rookie list. I guess my main question with this one is that one too many backups with Cracker and Logan. I don't think so because I I reckon we still needed to add a midfielder to to our list. Like as much as it's great to add the key position players, I still think we're one midfielder. One more midfielder would be good. Remembering that you've lost um, Newton, so that's one of your depth midfielders gone, and really hasn't been replaced. So you need, I suppose, Cracker's the closest thing that we're replacing him. Yep. And the last pick of our draft season was number 51, Johan Wagner. We uh, we chose him a few months ago. He was obviously the winner of the TV show, The Recruit. Played for Central Districts this year as well. Um, he went through the Port Magpie Junior system. 
Um, a bit of a half-forward flanker. Kind of pretty similar stats to a, to a Jesse Palmer, actually. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, I think this is a Burgess pick. I think he loved what he saw. It cost the club nothing to get him on the list. It's not as though you've put him there instead of somebody else. Again, he was at Centrals. It wasn't as if he was out at Timbuktu playing B-grade footy. Well, like you said, it didn't cost us anything, did it? And, no. you know, you were hoping for um, you know, that project midfielder, so to speak. So, you know, when you look at it, we've got uh, Wagner, we've got uh, Amon on the list, Burn Jones, uh, Flynn, all those players that should be really starting to crack on a little bit now, pardon the pun, and, um, and really start pushing uh, or putting pressure on the senior side. So... Hopefully that does come to fruition next year. And then you've still got uh, Aaron Young and, and Andrew Moore that really should be uh, cementing their spot in 2015. Uh, I think Ken loves Moore. I think you'll find Moore will get every chance to play every game this year and be part of the real midfield group. Mac will be very happy. Yeah, well, you would have thought that would have happened this year if it wasn't for some untimely injuries to, to Andrew Moore. He seemed to get injured just at the wrong time to a couple of times this year. So hopefully he can stay injury-free and and we can finally see what he can do. Um, Ken said something about Moore. At, I think it might have been after the preliminary final loss, just saying how he was really pleased with the way he's come up considering the tough year he's had. I think he grew in Ken's eyes last year. Well, I guess the other thing I just quickly wanted to point out, which isn't related to the draft, boys, is um, two things that I'll make comment on and then allow you guys to comment. One is um, we had the pre-season start again and Burgess came out during the week and commented that it's the first time in a pre-season Butcher's been able to run uh, the three-kilometre time trial which I, I think is very, very interesting from us as a supporter uh, when we're very critical of Butcher. And the other point that I wanted to bring up as well is, uh, I don't know, I've forgotten. So we'll just talk about Butcher for a second. <laughs> Robbie Gray signing a new deal. <laughs> Robbie Gray, how good is that? Here till the end of 2018, you little ripper. It was never in doubt, though. Yeah, yeah, here, here forever. Um, just stoked about that. Which is an interesting one. I don't think most of us understand how crap his body was two years ago. Um, but you just can't kick the footy like that and become an AFL footballer. Well, Monsieur, I mean, obviously you've had a, you've got a history in the AFL system. I mean, what 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 really or what is his issue with his body, which has been the massive problem for him and. And why has it taken so long to really sort out? You wouldn't think that, you know, these sort of issues in this modern day would take three years, potentially four. I think most of his issues are back-related. And I think no no matter how much we have advanced, I think backs are the hardest thing for anybody to manage because you've got to work out whether to play through pain or whether the pain's going to do you damage and... Um, yeah, we've seen it destroy one person at Port. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking about one of those bodies whereby if something was going to break down, it was going to break down. 
Um, just loosely wired body um, where he should be this strong unit by now that's as tight as can be. He's still got that loose look about the way he moves. I always like Russell Lee with handball's analogy of, uh, if I can explain this right, where the player's torso are sort of the similar length to their legs. They seem to have more back-related injuries compared to the more normal structure where the legs are a little bit longer to the torso and Butcher seems to have that, uh, the more, uh, uh, what's the word, diminished asset in body shape for football, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've always been interested in actually doing a study on that to see whether the torso size has an influence on injuries. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how Johnny Butcher goes this year. I'm, I'm sure he understands that, you know, this is pretty much it for him. You know, if he doesn't perform this year, he'll be out of the AFL system or at least, um, you know, delisted and, and taking a chance at um, getting redrafted somewhere else. But, you know, it, it is sort of no second chance time for Johnny Butcher and hopefully he can come on and, and start to show why we picked him and why he was rated so highly um, a few years ago and... Um, you know, no more excuses for him if he can get his body right. We'll see what you got. Yeah. Uh, nothing pleased me more than for him to come out and get, have a 40-goal AFL season. Oh. Uh, that would just mm. be so fantastic. But then you sit back and go back to the analyst side of football and go, that is a massive leap for him to do that. Um, and you just fear he's now got a mental block over kicking at goals. Like some of the stuff he did at SNFL footy towards the end of the year to avoid having normal shots at goal was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like five metres out and you're snapping sideways rather than running straight at the goals. It was just like, what is going through your head? I mean, it would be quite unprecedented for him to come out and, and have that sort of season. I'm, I can't think of a player off the top of my head that's done that. I know a lot of people sort of equate Johnny Butcher and say, well, what was Jay Schultz doing at Richmond kind of thing? But Jay Schultz was still playing some decent football for Richmond at AFL level. And most of it was down the other end of the ground. Mm, that's right. All right. All right. Well, that is the draft over for another year. Um, we've gone the tall timber. We've gone some um, some experienced recruits there in the rookie draft as well. Um, hopefully they can all become superstars for Port Adelaide. Of course they will, Macca. Of course they will. They're are already you, heroes. Are you are you a little bit sad? Am I a bit this sad? Is, yeah. This is our um, last uh, podcast for the year, number 68, or you're looking forward to our uh, little hiatus? No, I'm pretty sad. It's um, Yeah, it's been a fantastic year, 2014, and I think I'll remember this one fondly for a number of years, and certainly doing the podcast has been a big part of that. Yeah, well, 68 podcasts for the season, I think, is a pretty fair effort. And I guess it's, Mish, uh, thanks for coming on and contributing at at the end of the year. But thanks for all the people that have come on and joined us. And and thank you for the club allowing players to come on as well. It's been great. And, um, you know, I've had a blast. I've enjoyed it. Even like nights like tonight, it's 10.30 and I'm still at the office and got a 45-minute drive home. But... You know, it's it's a good hobby and it's a passion of all of ours and, you know, it's great talking football. Absolutely. I think it's been a massive year to be a Port fan. 
and I have enjoyed your podcast. It's been great hearing different people's views and what they like about footy and all that sort of stuff. And everybody likes a different thing. It's amazing how diverse the game is. And it's amazing how exciting Adelaide Oval's been. Like, we're all looking forward to it, but I don't think any of us thought it would be as good as what it is. No, it's right. Well, membership. That pre-game routine, you, yeah. you just, oh, every club will be dying to try and replicate that in some way. I want to see how many clubs next year try to start holding the scarves up before the game. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I think no doubt there'll be a few you've got to find your own thing. Yes, you do. I agree with you. But you know people will copy and climb. Yep. yep. Because especially in the AFL, that's what AFL clubs like to do. Well, better to copy than do nothing. Very true. But I know I spoke to um, Costa and Tim Ginova during the week and they were saying uh, all the enclosed um, corporate boxes, the 12 seaters, sold out, um, which was a good sign. I think the Nova deck is sold out as well. The Club 1870... I believe is um, sold out. They're just waiting to hear if there's any renewals. So because I've been pushing hard to to try and get a ticket there, but don't know if my, any luck. All the all the corporate boxes on the western wing, uh, centre of the ground, sold out. So corporate, uh, the tickets are looking pretty good. So you know, which is a a good healthy sign for the club. There's there's still a few opportunities for corporates there. Uh, to get on board, but overall, it looks like they're, they didn't say this, so I'm only guessing, but it sounds like it might be up from, from last year, and we signed Oak as well, so there's just more and more positivity flying around the club, so hopefully everyone can uh, back that up and deliver with another fantastic season next year. That's it. That is it. Well, Mish, thanks for coming on again, buddy. No worries. Okay, turn around. Rick, as always, mate. Pleasure, buddy. Love the new microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't take much to please an accountant. (laughs) I should have got a gold one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Adios. No worries. God, power. Wines, grey, fancy, well done. Still grey. Hamble's good. West off. Could kick a goal from here. He does. What a start. 